It is that time in the show, albeit we normally do it Tuesday, but I was off Tuesday, and I said, I don't want to miss Tom, so I say come in on Wednesday. Tom Korsky, Managing Editor over at Black Locks Reporter, joining me now. Good morning, sir. Hi, Alex. Boy, there's a lot going on. You guys have covered off a lot. Um, let's talk about this backroom deal, obviously, is the inquiry going on, but I think this is interesting, certainly not getting uh, as much ink as it should, but senior officials, including uh, Brenda Lucky, uh, Dub, uh, Deputy Public Safety Minister Rob Stewart, and Inspector Marcel Baudouin, um, all had, I guess, made this backroom deal on February 11th, and it was to you know break down this, this protest, and then the government decides, yeah, we'll just go with the powers. This is important. I'll tell you why. Uh, this was a, actually committed to writing. It was a draft memo, and they were trying to find a way out of this impasse of the Freedom Convoy. And that's the weekend of, of destiny, because that's the weekend before the Monday where Cabinet drops the hammer. This is the problem, uh, Alex. It is not a, uh, an, an either-or under the Emergencies Act. The law says in black and white, you shall not reach for this hammer if any other remedies present themselves. Like, for instance, a draft memo on finding a way through the impasse. But the, the Freedom Convoy Inquiry is told yesterday, and the text of the agreement is confirmed by one of the participants, the Ontario Provincial Police Inspector, Yunane Bowden, that they had this deal. There was this deal presented to the cabinet, discussed at a big meeting, quote, unquote, big meeting, not a small one. And cabinet said, you know what, the hell with that, it's hammer time. You can't do that under the act. Cabinet is in so deep on this one, with every passing day, their version of events becomes more and more implausible. Yeah, it's interesting, albeit methinks they doth protest too much. I mean, you got the Prime Minister out there every day talking about it. you got the Marco Benettino who talks about it, and yet they have the most explaining to do. But I do think it's interesting because Brenda Lucky will be testifying uh, in the next few days, and she has about as much credibility as, well, she doesn't have any anymore. But she also, I mean, these emails that we're seeing reveal a lot because, well, in May at a uh, committee, she said that she supported the use of the Emergencies Act in this email, um, it's very clear that she did not think that the Emergency Act was needed because, the, as she had said in the email to one of the chief of staffs for uh, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino, that no, they had not exhausted all the tools um, that, they need, that, that they could have used, including those that were put out in the Emergencies Act at the provincial level that had already been made official by, by the premier. Uh, again, so she's on an email saying, look, it's not needed. She's like uh, just, what, the 20th voice in the policing to say, no, it wasn't needed? And so what's the takeaway? The takeaway yeah. is, let, let, let's just put all the cards on the table. The takeaway is cabinet broke a law and lied about it. The, the takeaway is cabinet made up a story so they could really fix the little wagon for a political protest movement that was getting on their nerves and then lied about it. There's no other there's no other possible explanation to justify what happened. If you have everyone, including the police, saying, Oh no, there's lots of things we could do. My favorite is to this day still the OPP superintendent who said he was shocked at the lack of violence. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's that, that's a, a a beautiful moment yeah. in the Freedom Convoy testimony. Yeah. C cabinet's in deep on this one. It's bad, Alex. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling Doug Ford will be thrown under the bus ultimately, uh, even over Marco Medicino at this point. I think Ford will uh, will will wear this one. 
Uh, but it is, I think, very telling, and certainly Peter Slowly's uh, testimony will be very interesting. Uh, I mean, that guy is, is it, to me, it's just looking on the outside in, just how inept and incapable that they were. Just If I'm living in Ottawa, I'm just realizing for, for the last couple of decades, no one's been, been serving or protecting them, period. Yeah, no, it, 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 the town does not run like a Swiss watch, there's no question. But, you know, one riddle and enigma and mystery remains. Why? Why would cabinet do this? How could they be so uh, have such a lack of foresight that they thought they would get away with this based on if the commission stopped its work in the next five minutes, you are left with the conclusion that cabinet wanted to do a head job and didn't really think it through. Both of those are bad things. <laughs> be it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting whether or not this judge can say, look, you are so inept and so incapable. Uh, yes, the federal government had no choice. I guess he could rule on that. But ultimately, it sounds like the Emergencies Act at the provincial level was more than enough, which begs the question, why the hell's the premier not saying anything? It's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it, I agree. This is None of this is a high watermark. Now, if you worry about public cynicism and uh, you know rational discussion about whether we have expensive and mediocre government, man, don't come within 100 miles of the Freedom Convoy Inquiry. It is not going to make you feel better about your democracy. Yeah, no question about it. And then I, I do think this, is, this story won't get a lot of attention, but I do think it warrants it for sure. Uh, because Stephen Gibault, uh, Minister uh, Gibault, has uh, tabled this legislation that will allow Parks Canada wardens these, again, extraordinary policing powers, uh, no questions asked. This is Bill 23, C-23, and it's being spun as giving Indigenous groups a more powerful voice so they can adapt some historical sites to add some elements about the history and culture of Indigenous peoples. But why does he need extra policing powers for that? Uh, uh, this is one of the strangest and most perplexing things. As you mentioned, well, is this is the most guy. innocuous bill you can think of. It's a bill about indigenous historic plaques. That's great. <laughs> and they introduced it in the uh, in the turmoil of the dying weeks of the uh, spring sitting, as MPs are just panting to get out of town. They tabled the bill, walked away from it. And only yesterday, late at night, they drop a charter statement which is a mandatory requirement when a bill affects constitutional rights. We said, well, my goodness, why would the First Nations plaque bill affect constitutional rights? And sure enough, shoehorned into Clause 43 are police powers for park wardens that the Toronto Police Department could only dream of, mm. like warrantless searches and a 100% liability shield. Are you kidding me? That's a hell of a read for guys who are going to enforce the game and fish laws in national parks. Why would that be necessary? Lots of explaining here for Minister Gibo, who, by the way, said nothing about this when the bill was introduced. It's entirely possible he didn't even read the bill. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, why didn't he add, know, know about it? Because he's clueless, as so many of them are. But like, so dumb this down then, Tom. Does this mean like a park warden can show up anywhere, anytime? Like, or is this just like in park buildings? The, the, no, the, the, the implication is they can, uh, the bill states, section 41, 42, 43, the bill states that a park warden can enter private property, uh, whether or not a property owner objects, that uh, they really should have a warrant. But Even if, if it's not in a park? 
even this is what the bill says <laughs> That's crazy. in the enforcement of their duties of the indigenous plaque bill it doesn't add up look at these are powers that in extraordinary circumstances have been upheld as legal by the supreme court but we're talking about like drug takedowns we're talking about the you know when police are up against the most violent and disgusting organized criminals that they can use these powers if you have reason to believe a felony is being committed these are parks Canada Ward. Why in God's name would they need extraordinary police powers now? I know many people have a conspiracy theory. Shame on Minister Gibo for fostering those theories instead of being straight up with his bill. If you want to have that, you put that in a standalone bill, never mind hiding behind First Nations uh, commemorations, and, and he will have a chance in committee to explain what's going on. It doesn't add up, Alex. No, it never does, but uh, maybe at some point uh, they'll uh, start questioning it in Ottawa, but I'm glad you guys are. You always do. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank you, Alex. That is Tom Korsky. He is with Black Locks Reporter. It is subscription-based, always worth every cent. They do get the goods, but uh, that, that legislation makes absolutely no sense.